It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and the Major League Baseball season. And BetOnline.net has all the action. In basketball, the playoff battles begin as teams prepare to make their run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing as we head into the summer. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. And BetOnline has you covered. BetOnline is the place to be for all your sports needs. Every sport every game, every matchup. If you love golf, MMA, horse racing, and championship boxing, they have it. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports. All sports, all the time. Plus, BetOnline.net has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline.net. Where does the cocaine and the nicotine come from? Yeah, thousand years ago in Egypt. Oh, we got the drug testing guy here. <laughs> I don't think they were doing any drug testing back in those days. No yeah. way. Yeah. They were trying to figure out what is it. They were just experimenting. <laughs> yeah. We really go deep here. Well, it's interesting about the pyramids and the Sphinx. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. We got a great guest today, Mike. Big time. We're getting great guests. The better, the better. They come we, better we better. just get the best people in here, man. We've got Jeff Nowitzki, a.k.a. The Golden Snitch. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's not a Golden Snitch. That's, he's a discoverer of people that's doing devilish and, wish, and wicked things. Ooh. People that are hurting people physically. I like that interpretation, yeah. dude. Well, Jeff, it's great to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Great man, to I have appreciate you it. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here so with you, Jeff, Mike. Jeff, this is um. Explain your situation to the people. Who are you, Jeff? Yeah. So my current role, I'm the the vice president of athlete health and performance with the UFC. My uh, my main role with the UFC is I oversee what I believe is the world's best anti doping program in professional sports. Um, and I base that not off of opinion, but off of experience. Before I came to the UFC, I was a federal agent in the United States for about 23 years. And about halfway through my career, ran into an investigation called Balco Laboratories. And it turned out to be one of the highest profile performance enhancing drug distribution cases really in the world. Um, and so thereafter, I be, kind of became that point person where anybody, not only in the U.S., but really worldwide, anytime you saw somebody investigating something that came across steroids or growth hormones or things in sports, inevitably they'd call me up and just ask for advice on how I worked my case. So really the last 12, 13 years of my career, I mean, I talked to agents in the United States and Spain and France and Australia. Anytime anybody came across something, they'd usually pick up the phone to call me to get my advice on what they were seeing and potentially how to work it. So former athlete myself, I mean, I'm just, I was just fascinated by it, fascinated by what these drugs can do, fascinated by the temptations that these oh, athletes man. felt to do it. And there's a lot of temptations yeah, out man, there. Listen, man. Um, I don't even blame the athletes. You know, I can't blame them. You know what this is going to give you? It's going to give you your dreams. Mm. This is going to give you your dreams. I'll put you so close to your dreams, you're, you're going to get them. You're going to touch them. It's just, um, it's hard to even say no, because this is what, and this is the truth. Um, if an athlete, it's very few athletes that could say, I just want to see if I'm better than him. It's clean. I just want to see if I'm better than him. Man for man, can I beat him? You know, we want to believe that, but we have, but 
I can make sure I'm better if I take this, though. I guarantee me to be better. You know, it's tough for us because some of us don't like to don't like to touch who we really are. We're really, really winners or losers. Sometimes we doubt who we are, even though we are that great energy. We doubt it sometimes. So, um, it could be it could be like um, it's easier to say this, take this. This would be easier. Yeah, it makes me better. Yeah. But then you find people that you say, I won't take it. I think I'm the best in the world. There's no one could beat me. I'm going to fight them without it. So, Jeff, you really focused, have, or at least, you know, much of your career has been focused on performance-enhancing drugs. Correct. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with Mike, and a lot of people are surprised with that. You know, people ask me, like, oh, you must, all these athletes must think that, the, you know, you hate them, they're wrong. I'm exactly in Mike's camp. I completely got why they made that decision. And, you know, if I'm in my early 20s and I'm a professional baseball player in the late 90s and I see what's going on in baseball and I'm coming up from the minor leagues into that major league clubhouse and it's my dream to play in the major leagues and I realize very quickly that unless I get on this program, I am, my time here is limited. And, and the reward for having a great season millions of dollars you come from you know that type of background it completely changes your life your family's life man who is not going to make that you know take it would be the rare person that would not choose to and go it's abundance that. of money and everything out here and there's enough money for everybody to have over and over again and still we don't have it and you think i won't take that chance yeah man oh, i remember playing in the nfl you know making it to the league and then, you know, performance-enhancing drugs in the NFL are I, – I didn't see many guys taking them. I think the policy in the league is strict enough at least to catch the common ones. There might be some guys doing HGH or some undetectable stuff. Maybe you can talk a little bit, speak to that about, you know, what is detectable and what isn't. Um, but, you know, for me it was like – some of these guys I looked up to my whole life as a young player doing everything clean coming into the league. You know, now guys are, I'm being taken by a veteran into the training room to get a shot at tour at all before the game. Yeah. Cause that's just the way it's done. Yeah. Come on, come get this shot. You'll feel like a million bucks. hundred percent. You'll feel like you can run 100%. through a wall. What, you, know, you know, one thing I notice, it's very evident with the NFL, is that, you know, and, and I see this and I've talked to athletes, there's constantly a risk-reward calculation going on in their heads. The rewards are obvious. These, there's no doubt about it. Anybody who says, like, ah, steroids, growth hormone doesn't really work is full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. It works yeah. as good as you can imagine it working. So, you know play that off what the penalty is in the NFL. For a first time now in the NFL, it's a four-game suspension. So you're yeah. missing a quarter of the year. So the first suspension, four games. What What is it after that? I mean, I should know, but I... Maybe doubled, maybe yeah. eight, or maybe a season. But yeah. eventually they're going to make um, a chemical that's going to... Um, camouflaged it yeah so talk about that so Mike you're right I mean there are these chemists out there and and they're incredible they're in the backyard somewhere they are they make stuff in their garage yeah these guys in the backyard doing incredible genius shit unless you know in anti-doping what you're looking for you can't find it for whatever drug is out there there has to be a specific test that recognizes that drug Mm -hmm. so what these chemists are doing is taking a steroid a known steroid and adding an extra atom, molecule, whatever on it, 
and it still retains the benefits of the steroid, but it won't show up on a traditional test unless the science finds out about it and creates a test for it. So it's a constant cat and mouse game. Interesting. I was telling a, um, a couple of years ago, I was telling a friend, like, hey, man, something's wrong with my dick. My dick is not getting hard. <laughs> he said, yeah. You he said, come over, Mike. I got something for you. So I'm going to shoot you in the head of your dick. It's never going to go oh, down. Oh, Mike. <laughs> oh, shit. I wanted to do it so bad. I wanted to do it so bad. I was so scared. He said, no, Mike. And I'm going to go number on the top of your dick, Mike. It's going to last. It's going to last forever, Mike. It'll never go down. Fuck, I just wanted some Did Viagra. Did you do it? No, I just wanted some Viagra or something. Or some yes, Cialis. He just fuck, bro. Stick this needle in my want dick. That. Oh, shit. Uh, I said, Mike, don't please, Mike, trust me. I said, fuck, in my tip of my dick, I'm going to stick this needle, long needle, fuck no. That's another kind of I performance. I didn't want him to hold my dick. I got to have him hold my dick and stop. Fuck no, fuck, I couldn't do that. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, it's scared. terrible, dude. Well, we were talking earlier before we came in here about the Wizenator. Oh, so yes. Now, and, and really, I mean, it's, I, I say this all the time, how much respect I have for our athletes. Because not only are they having to take a pee in front of somebody, but somebody who's up close and personal, on their knees, watching that pee come right <laughs> out of them. And that's because of this device that, you know, in the past, it was a Wizenator, yes. which was a prosthetic yeah, it was dick awesome. Yes. Man. With you put clean urine. Yeah, in I put no, I put my baby's urine in it. Oh I'm just, my and god! I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping that one day I use my wife. My wife said, "Baby, you better not hope that he comes back pregnant or something." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "No, so we ain't gonna use you no more. We're gonna use the kid." Because I got scared that the piss might come back pregnant. Like you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's happened before in the it world. Of anti- I think a male yeah. oh, provided a urine sample and they came back said, "Sir, uh, you're pregnant." Yeah, Is listen, you're pregnant that's, or this that's is somebody what I was afraid urine. of. I guess I did hear, hear that happen in a sense. I was afraid of that. Yes. Yeah. Well, did you have the right color, Wizenator? Because it was that NFL yeah, hell, guy. Hell black yeah, that had a white had a one. Brown, yeah, yeah. I had this brown one. Who had, was that? I heard that story. But this guy, this guy was so fucking macho. He was scared. I whapped it out. And he was like, turn on him, man. Take the fucking cup. You know, this macho guy. He don't look at me and shit. <laughs> Yeah, you got to play those dudes, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, it's the worst job. In the oh, world. Oh, it is, man. Not so our testers, not only are they closely observing you know, our athletes in a very intimate way, they're waking our athletes up five, yes. six in the morning because, as we talked about earlier, in a good, solid anti-doping program, you could never know when the testers come in. Yeah. It could be early at night. Could be late at, or early See, in the morning. That could comes be late from at the night. prison system. Yeah. They, they learned that from the prison system because that's what they do in the prison. They never let you know. They come you sleeping. Dun dun. They drug test Come on, you? drug test you. Piss right here. Really? Yeah, right here. Wake up. Get a piss right here. Wow. Could you could you imagine having to be that guy or girl? I mean, we have some of the toughest individuals on the planet Earth and some of the baddest yeah. areas on yeah. the planet Earth they live in. Showing knocking up. on somebody's door in a bad neighborhood at five. Yeah. Nothing. There's not ever any good news when someone's knocking on your door at five or six in no, the morning. That's not Never. a good thing. And some of them probably yeah. knock on the door from on the side and knock no on the door. No doubt. <laughs> in training camp, they come pound on your door at about four thirty in the morning. Check out that we had an instance two weeks ago. So one of our fighters knock on the door. I think it's five thirty six a.m. Opens it up, and this woman says, hey, I'm here to take your blood. So this guy's like, okay, this is probably a UFC test. Come on in. So he starts giving the blood and starts noticing, man, this isn't usually how this happens. Oh, and she's taking shit. a shitload of blood out of me. So he goes, is, this is more than uh, than you normally take, isn't it? And she goes, oh, John, don't worry. And he goes, John, John. He goes, my name's Dan. Oh, no, nah, get the fuck out no. the wrong house. Fuck, I wouldn't believe it if you would. Oh, she had the, the wrong house, no. I swear to God. It was oh. the same number. 
but the next street over. What are the fucking odds that someone at six in the morning is there to collect blood and the person's used to it? Uh, yeah. I mean, just that would never uh, happen in a million years. That's a nightmare, crazy. dude. First of all, I'm curious what the UFC's policy is because you said that you watched uh, Henry's episode, Cejudo. I did. Yep. Uh, you know, we love Cody Garbrandt here. He's a yeah, good friend. Yeah, what happens to Cody after all that stuff? Now, this guy beats me. He's using shit. Yeah. He beats me. Now we find that yeah. he's dirty. What happens to me? How do I get that? To, how do I get a fight with him that he's clean? How do he get that belt removed? How do I get my title back because I wasn't beat fairly? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, TJ's belt was removed. He, you know, gave uh, it up. Even yeah, but before. what happens for me? Yeah, for, for T. I mean, that's a question for, for Cody. That's a question for Dana. But, I mean, I would assume, based on Does what happened, that he's statistic? right back in the picture again. Yeah, did he become number one to contender? Yeah, again, that, that's in Dana's world, not necessarily mine, but that would be my yeah. guess, absolutely, right? Yeah. So talk about EPO. Yep. That is that is um, similar to blood. That is blood doping? That's like yeah, oxygenating the blood? What's that for? You won't catch cramps and shit? No. So you want more red blood cells in your body because that carries more oxygen to your muscles and allows you to work harder and longer and allows you to recover quicker. Um, that's but is that the, dangerous to you? Does it hurt to the fuck if you? you have, yeah, the danger with blood doping and EPO is the more red blood cells you have, the thicker your blood becomes. And if you have any type of blockage in your body, you know, in a vein or whatever, it can that those red blood cells can block it up quick. I'll give you a great example of this. So in, in professional cycling, EPO kind of came on the scene in the late 80s. And what these cyclists were realizing was, holy shit, like I'll pinch, you know, I'll prick myself with a needle and the blood barely even comes out because it's so thick. So they would set alarms for three in the morning, have a tall glass of water next to the red, wake up, chug the water and get on the floor and do, you know, 30 or 40 push-ups in order to keep their blood circulating for fear of my blood's becoming so thick, it's going to clog up. Wow. I mean, so super, super dangerous if you're not doing it right and get that red blood cell count up too high. That sounds there terrible, There were some cyclists dude. in the late 80s that were dying. I mean, some of the best-in-shape athletes on the planet dying in their late 20s and early 30s of strokes wow. and heart attacks. Now, wow. listen, listen, no, it's so ironic Fuck when you that. say something like that. When you're just an average, you know, when you're an average person, like a young athlete or something, a young person, then you're, thinking, you're not even thinking about yeah. the afterlife. You're not that conscious yet. Mm-hmm. And just think about it. Would I give up? Um, say I'm 20. I'm going to die at 50. 50's fucking old anything. I got 30 fucking years to do it. So I, would I rather die at 30 and live the life of a god? Yeah. Yep. There's a, there's a famous poll they take every four years at the Olympics, and they ask Olympic athletes. Where I that, came from? Glory, yeah. I want glory. I don't even want some money. Just give me some glory. Mm. Other than it's being fucking abnormal. It's a normal motherfucker in the hood. Just give me glory. You don't even have to give me money. Just give me somebody know my name and pat me on my back. Hey, it's one of the hot boxing producers. We're going to take a quick break and let you know if you're a business owner, you don't need to tell us that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now it's time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing millions or hundreds in revenue, whether you're doing millions or hundreds in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join over the 21,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash Tyson. Tell them, Mike. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com 
slash Tyson. That's netsuite.com slash Tyson. Yeah, they, they poll the Olympic athletes every four years saying if there was a pill that allowed you to make win a gold medal oh, but would take 10 to 20 years off your life, would you choose yeah. to do that? Oh, and every year, majority 80, 90%, yes. like, hell yeah. Wow. We, don't, we don't even have kids yet. Yeah. We yeah. don't even know the concept of loving our kids more than we love ourselves yet. Yeah. When we get that concept by concept of life change, we want our life. We want to spend time with this child. Did you ever take any... Performance enhancers, Mike? I take fucking, um, I did marijuana. Yeah. Well, talk about that, Jeff, because you're, you're actually an advocate for CBD, and you guys, I think, have one of the most forward-thinking policies on it, as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah, so just, it was like last year, the year before, CBD became allowed to take it all time. So there's, our fighters can take it, you know, without restriction That's anytime. Great. Marijuana or THC only tested for in the in-competition period, which would be weigh-in day or fight day. You said something earlier that I thought was interesting uh, on the THC side of things, which is there is a threshold. It's 150 nanograms per milliliter. Now, that may not mean much That's to the non-scientists, good. but you know, um, it's probably what we recommend to our fighters is if you stop using it you know, the, the problem is everybody metabolizes differently. So it's vi- I'd hate to tell, you know, Mike's one of our fighters says, hey, Jeff, when should I stop, you know, using? And I tell him a week. He just happens to metabolize differently and he pops. Then it's right. on me. So I'm always out of an abundance of caution, giving them a little longer window. Um, but the reality is, you know, a week or two likely would, you know, put you under that limit. I'd love to see something, you know, along the lines of, like alcohol. I mean, you could never, you're not allowed to be drunk to go in and box or fight MMA, but you're not testing I mean, listen, for alcohol. Listen, listen um, you've got inspectors in the locker been room. There's fighters that did it. They've been yeah. on, they can't fight without drinking. They got to be drunk to fight. They can't, they don't got the nerve. They don't Crazy. have the nerve. They got to be drunk. Yeah. World champion. They got to be drunk. Can't do this shit, nigga, without wow. no motherfucking alcohol. I'm my right hand to God. Yeah. Uh, I've seen guys take shots of alcohol. Frankie Randall, world champion, beat Chavez. First guy to beat Chavez. Chavez had a record like 89 and oh, the first guy to be an alcoholic. So while we have a threshold, and this is an interesting story, I found this out yesterday and a connection here to Mike. So while we have this threshold, so you can have some in your system, it just can't be over an amount. Some states where we go, the athletic commissions have rules where you can have none. And you know whose state still has a no tolerance rule? Where did you test positive for marijuana? In Detroit. State? Michigan. Really? We still go to Michigan, and they don't allow one ounce or iota of THC for marijuana, which is fucking ridiculous. You could smoke a joint a month before the fight and yeah. still have some that, in your they, system. They do that because they want to collect the money. It's all financial. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little of that. It may just them trying to you know, impose their moral ignorant. issues They're on. They're not ignorant people. Just, there's no place in you know, an anti-doping program. In an anti-doping program, you're trying to create a fair and level playing field. What difference does it make if somebody, you know, smokes something a month out? What difference, in my opinion, does it make if someone's nervous and can't sleep the night before a competition yes, that and uses to me. some marijuana to just relax yeah, themselves and sleep? I couldn't get, the guy got me nervous. He's really big and shit, and he got me, and he got me nervous. That's not giving you an advantage the next night yeah, when no. you're going to fight. It's, it's just it should be debilitating, if anything, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so are, so fighters are, te- are they tested the day of the fight? So they can be tested the day of the fight, no. the night of the fight, the day, but they can be tested any, t- any time. It's oh. okay. Um, they normally take test you like a week before you fight. 
They uh-huh. do they do the um the AIDS test and all that stuff. Normally a week before the fight. Yeah, that's for the commission for medical purposes yeah. to make sure hepatitis, you know, yeah. AIDS, those types of things. For our Please testing, the anti-doping out. testing, are the UFC fighters subject to the test 365 days a year, 24 hours a day? They never I used know. To always be afraid to take the AIDS test too. You do that before every test, you, or before every fight, you do an AIDS test. Hell yeah! And listen, yeah. no, listen. So next thing, right? I'm at a fight, and so Tommy the Duke Morrison is about to fight. He's the main event. And then a doctor who's a friend of mine come in and say, nah, he's not fighting tonight, and I don't think he's ever going to fight again. And I'm saying, like, wow, he must really be hurt <laughs> or something, right? But they said, no, Mike, you'll find out. He didn't, he didn't want to tell me right there. He said, no, nah, we're going to find out. But he already knew, and he found the guy had um, HIV. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, he, and they canceled this fight, the main event. Wow. And I'm like, fuck, if he got it, I know he don't get more pussy than me and don't do <laughs> shit that I do. I'm like, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Fuck. Oh shit, shit. Dude, that's crazy, Mike. Fuck, man. Jeff, so we have fun here, man. <laughs> this is awesome. We have fun. I love it. Um But you said something interesting earlier as well about how THC the concern is that maybe having THC in your system during the fight could help you endure more damage. That's at least the theory. I mean, I don't know that's whether there's weight to that because I mean I've yeah. never I've never I'm not a fighter, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Listen, I know this, right? This is what I know. I know if three of us all had altercations with one another and we put some liquor in this room, we'd kill each other. You know? And I know if we all had altercation and we started smoking some weed, we'd all start taking selfies with one another <laughs> and shit, right? I said, man, fuck that shit. I love you, man. That shit was bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, used to, I didn't know that because I'd been in that situation. I saw what the effects of both of them do. And that's all I know from that perspective. But how would it relate to you competing, to fighting another another human being? How do you Mike think? has an interesting story about it. Like what you say if I'm smoking weed? Yeah. Do you think it would help you? Do you Absolutely. think it would help in, with anxiety? Yeah. Like, Listen, that's yeah. why I smoked it. I was a little, a little too paranoid the sure. night before. So I smoked the night before to get some rest and cool out. Yeah. And you know, I believe that helped me. Yeah. I was relaxing to fight the fight. I broke the guy's eye socket, his cheekbone, his, his back, his rib, because he, he turned around while I was throwing a punch. And um, I was calm, relaxed. Yeah. You know, and it was... um. I don't know if it's really soothing. Yeah. Really I mean, soothing. that's that's the same story I get from, from our fighters, absolutely. But I, I just – it's interesting because I've had – you know, I've had talks with well, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Bob Bennett, who's their executive director. He's just like me, former federal agent. And, you know, I think they've had some preliminary discussions about, hey, why don't we just get rid of marijuana to be tested altogether? I mean, yeah. it's, it's legal in Nevada, yeah. so there's because no – Because you notice this is when it's really bad. Listen, this is when it gets bad. Listen, um. When it comes to drug, because when it comes to drug tests, you know, we could all beat the cocaine, we could all beat cocaine drug testing. You have to stay away from it for three days or so. We could beat that, right? But for weed, we got 45 days. Yeah. yeah. We got to wait 45 days in our system. And I think it stays in our system because it belongs there. Weed comes out, I mean, cocaine comes out because it doesn't belong there. Our body's trying to get rid of it. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting theory, dude. Yeah. No, that's real stuff. We try yeah. to get rid of it. Well, shit. we produce yeah. some. To do different things yeah. in our bodies anyway, yeah. endogenous cannabinoids that help us with our appetite and our sleep rhythms and this, our mood. This and makes pain. us hungry. This we do some cocaine, nigga, we shut down. Boom. 
All of our senses shut down. Yeah. We don't hear nothing. We don't see nothing. It's all illusion, the illusions and shit. We don't hear shit, see shit, and we're on some fucking energy we don't even know about. Yeah. And how don't how care about, about nobody. <laughs> don't care about nobody. In terms of things that aren't supposed to be in your body, I think this is real hypocritical in the world of anti-doping is Xanax, Ambien, some of yeah. the opioids, we talked about this earlier, are allowed, but you can't use a little marijuana the night before a fight to sleep. I yeah. mean, that's just, that's flat out wrong. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. I mean, do you why, think. Why do, what's the concept? Why do we think that way? Why, find out why is it the greatest thinkers in that particular field? Why do they think that way? Well, you were I, at the FDA. I was dude. just going to bring that up. Coming from the federal government, as it comes to those things, I think the answer is big pharma. I think the interest that big pharma has in these synthetic drugs and how much money that they make for for these big pharma companies, the influence that big pharma has over lawmakers, um, they see marijuana as you know potential roadblock to their earnings potential, um, right? Mm. Well, listen, I think. Yeah, I've done almost every drug I can think of. You know, instead of probably. I, I, did I do crack? I, I smoked crack before. It just didn't affect me. I did smoke meth before. It just didn't fuck. I just, it, just, it wasn't my thing. It just didn't affect me, right? I didn't like it. It wasn't my stuff, right? I did the I did the toad, right? It changed my whole perspective on life and drugs and all that shit. You know, it just changed everything I ever thought about drugs. It made me say, drugs ain't shit if it's not like this. If you can't make me feel like this, then I can't use you anymore. So what do you do with a drug like that? What do you do with a drug like the toad? Why is the toad, like, illegal? Mm. That's the closest thing to make you have an engagement with God. Do you know In about, my perspective. Do you know about 5-MeO-DMT or DMT? Or, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I think I guess DMT is a Schedule 1. It is a Schedule 1. But speaking of Schedule 1, how the hell is marijuana yes. in the same category as crack cocaine? Crack cocaine. Methamphetamine. How, how did it even? Yeah. Are you yeah, kidding? How did that even work out? Doesn't Look, I'm not. I'm not sitting here a proponent of everybody go out and use marijuana or drugs. Yeah. But when looking at people with medical conditions, physical conditions, psychological dish conditions, and given a choice between a purely synthetic drug that's you know processed by the liver through the kidneys versus a natural plant where there's no evidence of that that type of toxicity, I just don't get it. It's so you know, it's, well, it's so Nixon, backward. right? What's that? It's Nixon. Nixon, yeah, created the DEA in 1973. And look, I, I was in the front lines of the war on drugs mm. in America. It's not working. Yeah. Listen, We're um, 45 years into it. This is what it is. Um, it's no, it's no into it. It's no end to drugs and cocaine and acid and all that shit and method. There's no end to that. That's never yeah. going to end. Never. It's going to be here when our great, 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 great grandkids die. It's never going anywhere. Yeah, we I agree. We create it. We make it. The yeah. toad is natural. All this shit is natural. We make it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there, there's good, intelligent people that I've worked with that are working it, so it's not for lack of effort, but the, just the demand is too high. And you took a quarter of that money and put it into education, rehab for those that needed it and developed the problem. And I think you have a much better society than, than what you do now. I talk about prison overpopulation with nonviolent drug offenders. I mean, marijuana being a Schedule One drug, there's instances where if you sell enough of it, you could be facing a, a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think society's realizing that it's, that's ridiculous, and that's why we haven't, um, the, we're getting easier on the marijuana laws. I think we're getting there. I agree with you. you know, I believe it's just an overwhelming, it's an overwhelming call for a change, and I think it's just going to be, it's a no-brainer, and they have to give in. It's almost like when the Christians became legalized religion. It was so much they just couldn't stop it. Um, Christ, um, Christ, what's his name? Constantine. All he had mm-hmm. to turn Christian. He's just—it was overcoming him. It was, it was um, crush, crushing him and his children and his children's children. And he couldn't stop it, so we had to make that um, a religion of the country. Those in Rome. No, Constantinople. What is that? Oh, Constantinople. What is what is that? Um, Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's a history guy too, man. Awesome. Yeah. And when you think about marijuana in a form, it's like religion. It's a form of religion, yeah, marijuana. Absolutely. You know? There are people who are who actually have a religion about what it. What are their names? They're not the Rastafarians, are they? Well, the Rastafarians, I think cannabis is a big part of their culture, but it's not like the a centerpiece. Of, yeah, not the These people, it. actually, it's like a centerpiece of their culture. I told you about that tribe in Africa, the Dogon yeah. tribe, who have a yearly cannabis celebration and they believe that this ancient alien race from the Sirius stars came down and brought cannabis to it. Sirius are the dog stars. There's two of them, A and B. Cannabis means two dogs. So they have all these cave paintings about people from the heavens coming down to the earth and giving them this plant because it will bring them peace. And so, I mean, there are people that are fucking into it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) It is that, though, you know, I think that there's an intelligence to all this plant life, you know, and somehow in our Western culture, we've convinced ourselves that we know better Hmm. and that we can create something better in a lab that's safer, or at least that's become profitable. So Hmm. that's the direction it's gone, you know? I mean, I I always try to look at it, it's just because my world, from a sport perspective, and the reality is, you know, MMA, the UFC, is probably one of the most physically grueling, damaging to your body over, you know, short and long-term sports out there. And, you know, again, I'm not a proponent of everybody going out and using things, but when you have certain conditions, you're in pain all the time, and you look at the alternatives that are out there, synthetic, man-made toxic to the liver kidney versus a plant yeah that you know i think it's unquestioned that you know probably it doesn't have a lot of the addictive properties that an opioid would certainly um and that there's no evidence that i've ever found of toxicity yeah um man it sure seems to me like are there more no reasonable brainer. people like you jeff and the fda <laughs> and the dea <laughs> they have to do but their hands are tied yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I struggle with that a lot. I mean, you're tasked to enforce the laws of this country, many of which you may not agree with. And, you know, that's, it was tough, definitely. Like, I guess you have to be the kind of person to take that job, right? <laughs> True. I mean, there's, like in every walk of life, there's all kinds of law enforcement agents, officers. The majority, in my opinion, with working them are really good people. There's some that, yeah. that aren't. In it for the right reasons, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they're just finding themselves. I, I, it's hard for me to believe, you know, since my consciousness is it's hard for me to believe in really in bad people now. I know yeah. that's even fucked up to think, but it's hard for me to think of people bad. It's, they're misguided. Mm-hmm. They have wrong perceptions of what they think life is and what their happiness is. Well, perhaps. I would just challenge you on that with 
you know, there's dark and light in the world now. Oh, no doubt about you know? it. So maybe there are people who are gravitated towards darkness and evil. And I don't know. Maybe that's just part of the balance of the universe. Well, nobody ever showed them the essence of the light. Yeah. Once you find the essence of the light, you can't run back. Yeah. It's true. Jeff, it's got to be going down in the government, man. we got to have some light in there. Oh, well, it's been awesome having you on, man. Big time. Yeah, yeah, it's been great being here. Mike, I mean, I have so much respect for you. Just, you know, growing up in high school in the mid, late 80s and in college, your fights were events. They were neighborhood get-togethers. Really? Celebrations. Hey, I never the Tyson looked at fight. the Come on over. Some bullshit. Mike, everybody never... tells oh, you that, dude. Yeah, you bro. created so I never much I think about it like that. So in my own words, it's here yeah. in this moment in a square ring and nobody else fucking exists. Yeah, well, that's how you had to be, man. I'll tell you another quick story, which you did for me. So, you know, your kids are always the last one to think you have any type of cool factor, right? And they keep you humbled, and and mine certainly are like that. My middle one, Kira, who you met a couple weeks ago in Vegas. So we were driving into the office that day, and Dana's assistant calls me on the phone. So I put it on the speaker in the car, and she says, uh, her name's Dre. She goes, hey, Jeff, are you in the office? I said, no, I'm five minutes out. She said, oh, Mike Tyson and some business partners are meeting with Dana, and they want you to come in. I'm like, I'll be there in five minutes. I look over at my daughter, and her mouth is, like, on the floor, and she doesn't get awesome. excited about anything. She's like, Mike Tyson? That's awesome. I'm like, yeah. I go, come with me. In the, I go, Dana is a real family guy. He won't mind. Just come in. And so she came in there and got to meet you. And for a second, at least, I was cool in the eyes of one of my kids. And that That's doesn't awesome. happen very God regularly. Good, man. So man. thanks. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's so awesome. Have you ever been in contact with the NFL drug policy peeps? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, back in in the Balco days, there was some NFL players um, there. So, yeah, I know Adolfo Birch um, yeah, is yeah. the guy that kind of runs their program and, and good guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they have their own way of doing things and their own agenda. And, you know, we'll go to conferences and things like that together. But I don't know how much influence or I know I don't have any influence over, over what the NFL, doing. what they do. Do you guys share data on – how many percentages of athletes getting busted and yeah so i think a real important thing of any anti-doping program is transparency and i think we have the most transparent program out there so unlike mlb or the nfl it's like hey this guy got suspended for four games and not saying why right we release all of our data so total number of tests total number of positives what the athlete tested positive for I think that's important because trust. Trust is a big – if you don't have the trust of your athletes in a program, then I don't care how strong your program is, it falls apart because they may think in the NFL, you get a player saying, well, if Tom Brady tests positive, is he really going to be treated the same as you know the 45th man on the roster who's a special teams player? And there's no way of the NFL approving that because you can't see any of these numbers or what's going on in their program. So everything we do is absolutely wide out in the open. Great, man. Yeah, there's no trust between the league and the players in the NFL. That's that's, uh, that's, that's what I've heard. Us versus players them. Players I've talked to have told me the same. Yeah. Why well, can't it can never be trusted? Because there's always someone that's not that's being deceitful. On one, either one side is the player or either um, the the corporate. The you owner. Know, somebody's always being deceitful. Yeah. Oh man, who who's it, brother? Of, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I can't call. Well, Jeff, great having you, man. Yeah, great being here. But before I forget, Mark Ratner said yeah. to say hello to you. And that's my man, Mark yeah. Ratner. Listen, Mark Ratner, he ran um, um, 
the Vegas Athletic Commission for a hundred thousand years, oh, right? Wow. And he's just always been my friend. Always, he's just um, he's just very special. You know, he's very special. You know, you won't know he's in the room. He's nothing flamboyant. He's just. He's just a good man. But he did tell me a story. He fined you a little bit of money over oh, yeah. something, right? Yeah. He was always, yeah. he's like, I didn't know how Mike was going to react the next time no, I, I saw him, him after that. I love those guys, man. What did he have to find you because for? Because I think I bit this motherfucker's <laughs> ear. Oh, I'm so sorry. But listen, um, people thought I took it personal with them. I didn't take it personal. They just took it so fucking long. Why don't you just um, penalize me and let me go home? They took months and weeks to get this shit done. I oh. oh, God, take the money, let me go. Government <laughs> bureaucracy. Right yeah, there, they right. had me killing me in the, the witness seat. It's killing me. It's <laughs> killing me. Oh, it's crazy, man. From being an athlete, know what's the biggest um, cause for these um, enhancement drugs and stuff? Our pain. We're in a lot of pain and we're lonely a lot. Yeah. A lot of athletes are real lonely. Yeah, absolutely. Real lonely. Well, that's what we talked about when we talked about, you know, addiction too, yeah. man. Just because you're in pain and you feel isolated, you know? has nothing really to do with the drugs that you're taking. Mm. These addictive substances become addictive because of our own psychology around what the hole we have to fill yeah. in ourselves. And we don't even know we have a hole that yeah. we brought to the attention that we have a hole. We have what? We have a what? I, I don't have a hole, motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking hole you talking about. <laughs> Just let everybody know. Think sometime. Who are you? Be in mm. touch with who you are because trust me, if you don't at this stage get in touch, touch with who you are and get to know this person, who this is, I think it's a wasted life. Who are you? Where have you come from? Why are you here? What is your purpose? Really, who am I? I'm just somebody, my mother and father. They, my father and mother was just horny one night and boom and I came <laughs> up. It wasn't that they loved each other. It wasn't love. They wanted to fuck and I came out and um, what the hell happened? Well, what was that purpose for? <laughs> really, what was the purpose? Yeah, what was my purpose here. What you came in. You came through that portal. I have no idea. It's that portal. Look at that number. That's from another dimension, dude. Eight zeros. Prison one. Yeah. Oh, really? Are we going to a prison? I hope so. We can talk to some people and help some people. That'd be lives. cool. Well, you heard it from Mike, y'all. Who are you? Ask yourself. Go deep. Question What's my things. Here? What's my purpose? And I always wondered this. Who's the first me? Who's the first man in my family? Who is mm. the first man? Where was he at? What year was he born? Before Christ? After? Yes, who was the first me? Who's my first nose come from? Where did I come from? The first person. That was me, my my lineage, my bloodline. The first one. How, many, how long was he? A Probably goes years? back pretty far. 200 million years. How long ago was he? Have you traced back? How far have you been able to not trace back family? <laughs> not far enough. Yeah. yeah. I love it's, that, it's too. That's, it's, that it's fascinates still in the me. 20th, it's still in the 20th century, I think. 19th century, something like that. It's not even going over 300 years, 200 years. Not even yeah. that far. I've gotten back to 1620s. Wow. Yeah. My first ancestor that came to America, her name is Mary Bliss Parsons. She came from England. And she came here in about 1624. She was on trial for witchcraft three times, yeah. got off. How'd you yeah. find that out? Uh, my grandmother actually, uh, late last year, started passing me all this family lineage stuff because I think she's like, she wants to pass it on. And I'm the guy in the family that is sort of the center, the energy center of my family. So I'm the guy who's getting this information. It's really cool. You know, it's fascinating. You know, I, I was one of the first male of my lineage, the first male of 
this lineage, whoever name, he probably wasn't even a black guy. Mm. He probably was white. He could be an Asian. Who was he? The first one, you know what I mean, that turned me into this. Originally, after all those millions of years, hundreds of millions of years, I came out like this. Might have been an alien, bro. You never know who was that first person. Yeah, that first being. Only 1890 the. 1889, we we started filming, documenting. Can you imagine that? 1890, we started physically documenting. Besides, before you know, after writing. It's fucking interesting, dude. We should we should have a whole pot about it. And we still don't believe the people we see in the 20s or the 1980s. We always judging their movements. We don't know who they truly are because they're on the screen. Imagine one time they have a screen. One day they start having a screen for every inch of your life. They have your bathroom photographed. They have your kitchen. Every, every moment of your life you'll be photographed. Isn't it interesting about man's need or uh, gravitation to create, like cave paintings, telling stories, before we learned or started the capability of writing? Think like cuneiform. Or something in like ancient Mesopotamia, or um, what was that other civilization, Mike? In Turkey. On Turkey. Well, yeah, Atlantis. Well, there's a civilization that's under Turkey that's like 9,000 years old that's older than Africa, another country under Turkey. Africa is not the oldest country in the world. There's countries under Africa and under other countries that's been here millenniums. We can't even explain or tell, we can't even explain who these people were. Yeah. We don't even understand the messages that they left us because we think we're so superior to them. We can't even figure out the message that they left us. Yeah. Stonehenge and all that stuff. Stonehenge? We haven't even figured that out. Are those heads on Easter Island? No, nobody knows anything. We don't know who we are. How are we going to figure out something else? We don't even know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you have any thoughts on this? I was on the Great Wall of China I was last well. November. Oh, dude, that was up. Listen, it was took just. two years to make. Just felt 2, it years. I'm me. sorry, 2,000 years it, to make. It's. Incredible. Two thousand years to finish it. Two Without a doubt, the most incredible man made thing I've ever witnessed seen, been a part of in my life. It was I took that I left and got on a plane and flew back to Vegas. That night I walked into my house and said, Was I just walking on the Great Wall of China this morning? Is this or is this a dream? It was just, it was just really moving. Nothing's moved me like that. I did the same thing. I did five miles on the Great Wall. Wow, really? Yeah. I want to do that. I got home, called my mom and dad, and they said, hey, do you remember the the story that your grandmother and grandfather told you about that? I'm like, no, what was it? And they said, in the early 70s, they were were retired, and they would go on trips. They were one of the first American tour groups to go into Russia when it opened up. So they go over to China. They go on the Great Wall of China. Who's on the Great Wall with them when they're up there? Ali. Oh. I'm like, did they take a picture? And my mom's like, no, it was before, like, everybody's walking around with cameras. Uh, I'm like, damn, that is a story right there. That's an amazing story. When I went to, um, when I went to Egypt, I saw the pyramids. I said, fuck. Oh, I'd like to see that. Alexander the Great, Napoleon, all these guys that went here, they've been here. All the other great warriors before them and stuff that, you know, this is the place you had to conquer. You had to conquer, you know, the Romans, they had to conquer Egypt. That was the light at the time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I want to go there really bad to Egypt and see that. Yeah, Rome is pretty awesome too. Rome, Coliseum, yeah, yeah. Rome, Greece. 
I went, it was last year, in a period of two months, we were in Moscow, Russia, for our first show there. So I'm in Red Square and inside the walls of the Kremlin. You can actually wow. go in it. And then a couple of months later, I'm in Tiananmen Square. I went to see Mao. Forbidden City. I went to see Lenin. Lenin's pretty Russia. cool in yeah, state, Lenin, huh? see him in state. Wow. We were reading about that going in there, and they've got people in the Russian army whose sole job is to take care of Lenin's body. So every, what, month or so, they bring him back underneath underneath where the tomb Tape is and work on them, put new skin on them, them clean them up. I mean, can you imagine that job? Crazy. What an order to be a part of. Oh, right? That's crazy. They take that serious when you walk in that tomb too. Like I had, I had my hands in my pocket and there's soldiers there going, get your hands out of your pocket. Like you better be respectful. You don't want anything. I go there too. It's like this. I went to Inmount, same thing. So it's a big line, right? So the guards with the gun, they stop the line, and the and I go in the front. They put me in the front so I could see the bodies and stuff. Then they let me out and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's moving. <laughs> yeah, it's keep moving. Don't stop. Just keep it moving. It's looking at my, they look like fake skin and everything. Everything looks yeah. fake on them. Look like rubber. How would you so feel about that, about crazy. lying in state? For, I mean, forever, yeah. Just this is interesting. You said that my wife and I we went to Egypt, so we went to the uh, museum and we saw the mummies laying in Tamosis the third. All these guys, they got gold slippers on. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the thongs we wear. Like, or they're gold. They're yeah. gold. Yeah. So right, um, we look at them, and then I'm saying to my wife, I said, with the eagle that they had, they probably love people watching them. And then my wife said, no, they didn't want people to be. That's why they put them in the the temple thing because they didn't want people to gawk over them. You know what I mean? So he, my wife was really freaking and superstitious about gawking over them and stuff. But um, it was a trip watching them. You know, I, I say to myself, this is interesting, too. You notice, like, in the Ten Commandments, you see Moses, they always have a staff? Yeah. Interesting. Only really the royals wore the, wore the staff. You know why? Because they were fucking inbreeding, fucking their sisters and their mothers and their uncles and their fathers and everything, and they all had bad hips from it. So that's really why they had the walking staff. Most of them. God. Could have so. used some THC to ease those pains. No, I'm going to tell you some more stuff, too. So you look up look up cocaine dummy. They have a, co- a dummy. They cut his hair. They checked him out. And so they found that he had cocaine and nicotine in the system. And they said there was no cocaine there unless it was an alien plant, ancient plant a long time ago. Uh-huh. And they cut it out because they must have seen what it done to you. Or may, maybe cocaine gave them the effect that they, go, they have an afterlife. Maybe. You know? Where does the cocaine and the nicotine come from 5,000 yeah, years ago in Egypt? Oh, we got the drug testing guy <laughs> here. I don't think they were doing any drug testing back in those days. No yeah. way. Yeah. They were trying to figure out what is it. They were just experimenting. <laughs> no, it's fucking... God, we got, we got deep, man. Love it. Yeah. We really go deep here. Well, it's interesting about the pyramids and the Sphinx. And I was listening to these guys talk about how the geologists and the paleontologists disagree on the age of the Sphinx. The I ge- that as well. The geologists say it has to be this rock is at least 30,000 years old. Really? They yeah. say it was 5,000. Yes, exactly. The paleontologists say, no, it's 5,000 years old. Geologists go, no, this is 30,000 years old, this structure. Wow. 
and because of like the depths and the excavation that they've done and it's just kind of mind-blowing man and this guy i've told you about him before mike this guy thoth the egyptian god of wisdom who is said to have come to egypt to build the pyramids from atlantis he was an atlantean priest who traveled to Egypt when Atlantis was taken over by a flood. And uh, this is in this book, The Emerald Tablets, that he wrote. And the pyramids are above what is called the Halls of Amenti, where he, where you go to be reincarnated into the world. So it's all, I don't know, man. I mean, we don't even know why the pyramids are there. Yeah, there's people buried in them, but I mean, they had pharaohs buried 300 miles outside the city that they would take, you know, and hide them because they didn't want people looting their tombs, you know, because like you said, Mike, everything was gold. They had these beautiful ornate statues and things because they need, they believed that these, their souls needed them to travel into the next life. It's crazy. They're maybe, still maybe, finding. Yeah, maybe. Please continue. No, you go. Go. Sorry, Mike. I was just saying maybe we as a, we are who we think we are. Yeah. When we like we like we went we took all that gold and stuff. Maybe in their mind, my gold is following me. I'm I'm going with my gold. Maybe we're not. They're no longer in the physical world. Then mm. you know they left the physical world behind and they're with this um, spiritual world. Mm-hmm. It's crazy all these things that we're still finding, all these clues that are on this planet to lead us, you know, to figure out where we came from, who we are. I saw something this week, the earliest footprint ever found. Mm. Somebody found this mm. footprint of a man and determined, oh, shit. How did they determine if it's a man or woman's footprint? Just with the, the shape or size of the foot? Exactly. Wow. So, I mean, it's got me, like, walking around now looking on the floor, like, oh, I want to find, <laughs> I find a footprint that's older than that. That's crazy. Listen, um... I'm no. I'm just talking about um, from reasonable terms. I just know the Vikings were here t- yeah. before Christopher Columbus and all those guys. Because when you think about it, the Vikings came here with their swords and their mallets and all their warrior stuff. And, but the Indians had, you know, it was too many Indians at the time, and they had their bow and arrows and stuff. But then they came back a thousand years later. Boom. What was five hundred? Probably a thousand years later, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Now they got guns. So it's easier to take over now. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Before you put the, the swords and the mouth, no, you're not going to do it. And you got 100,000 Indians with bones and arrows. Yeah. You know, so, and they, they also found the Vikings' home. They had built a home there, in nomad style. Where at? North America, Greenland, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the ancient civilizations, it's mind-boggling. You know, to think about we can't, where we come we, from. We can't explain the Native Americans, where they came from. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, there's this word that they came from China when the Chinese came here with their glory ships back in the day. Interesting. In B.C. before Christ. Treasure ships, when they had the treasure ships. They traveled the world to find out what was in the world. For 30 years, they traveled the world. The Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, treasure ships. Look, oh, bro. And <laughs> didn't... Try to take over. No, they just wanted to see. They just wanted to see it. Isn't that interesting? They just wanted to see what was what they had out there. The Mm. difference between that and say Rome, who was looking to conquer and expand the territory, isn't that interesting? Like why? Why is that? Well, the reason is is because um, 
Rome was like that because Rome was basically um, living in the, the lifestyle of Alexander the Great. They were so they were so Spartans. They, yeah, they were so afraid of his reputation. They didn't make a tweet. They never made a word until he died, and then they came out of nowhere. So his name was so frightening. It was like godly to him. They you didn't even hear about Rome. Rome ain't never made a peep until Alexander the Great died. They thought he was a god. So when he died, he, they thought it was up to them to take over the god's world. Ah, uh, because he, he was on such a conquest. Oh, he was insane. Yeah. Oh, he couldn't be. He was just, yeah. And it was a warrior culture, basically. And they were frightened because they had been yeah. conquered, I'm sure, and people took over them, and they figured everyone's going to do this. So that's the way to live. We better conquer them before they enslave us. That's yeah. the only way to think. Yeah. Else they think they're ordained by God, and God gave them the the ordained power to conquer the world. Well, that's what Alexander the Great thought. So then, why do you think the Chinese didn't have that philosophy? Well, I think um, they didn't have that philosophy because they had different teaching. They have different. Um, they had they had the fucking um, more Zen. Zen. They had um, what's the other guy? The Indians. Come on, uh, religion, Hindu, Hindu, and all that stuff. Another religion, uh, the Chinese, Buddhism, Buddhism, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, there's been a time when um, when the Chinese, because you know they um, they formatted their country the same time that the Punic War was going on, like the two thousand two thousand and twenties and stuff. You know what I mean? So they did the same. They 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 um, it was really when Rome was um. Being built. Being built at the same particular time. Oh, interesting. You guys Game of Thrones watchers? Oh, God, my wife loves this stuff, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched much oh, of it. Oh, they're crazy, so man. Good. They killed all the dead people. <laughs> yeah, 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 walking yeah. There, They wiped them out, man. And I had dropped the knife and then caught it and gutted them out. Spoiler alert, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, came to, alert. she came to one of our fights and uh, we were in Liverpool. Darren Till was fighting and she was sitting kind of front row behind me. But yeah, she's a she's a little badass. Huh? Oh, what's her yeah. name? The Dragon I, Mother? No, this is no, Arya Stark. Arya she's Stark. a little oh, warrior. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, From the Stark family. The many yeah. faces. I watched like the first four episodes. I was like, eh, I don't know. Uh, you got to stick with it. Man. Yeah, I know. Maybe I will. No, I just started Westworld watched, too. I watched um, the Tudors. Oh yeah, you heard yeah. the Tudors? Yeah, I heard it. I'm oh, it. King Henry the Eighth. Won it. Interesting guy. Crazy, right? Not good with women, but yes, an interesting guy. He can get them, but he normally kills them at the end. Ah, it's fucked up. It's crazy. His daughter was a great ruler, too. Elizabeth I, she was a great mm. ruler. It's nuts, dude. Well, anything else, Jeff? I think we've covered it all today, <laughs> I man. Hit it all. <laughs> I have a sister. Yeah, younger sister. I have three daughters. Yeah. Uh, oldest just graduated from college. Which college? Uh, she went to use a banana slug, UC yeah. Santa Cruz. Ooh, Remember awesome. the shirt that Travolta wore in yeah. uh, yes. Pulp Fiction? The slugs. I love cool. Santa Cruz. Sluggers. Yeah, that's a cool city. Santa Cruz is it dope. Is. Yep. Very cannabis friendly there. No doubt. They have that school is probably one of the most liberal schools. In Ever. America. My daughter's calling me like, yeah, you know, 420, Dad, like probably 90, 90% of the schools out in the, the Redwood Woods back there, like celebrating. It up. It's like, yeah, uh, it's the naked run through campus tomorrow. I'm like, what? What? Like, how See, many we're people are doing that? like everybody. for the future kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're preparing the world for them. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. Well, again, Jeff, awesome to have you here, dude. Thank you guys very Beautiful. much for having me. Really Thank appreciate you. it. 
Yeah, man. Bring tickets home, brother. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Uh, you can find all our episodes there. Head to hotboxingpodcast.com for our website. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Good. Hotboxingpodcast.com. And uh, that's about it, y'all. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. This is Jeff Nowitzki. We're out of here. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. Dude, that was fun. Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Ayton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel Rue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered. If you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and bring home the game with BetOnline.net.